Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. Have I told you guys my screen name today? Have I told you guys about the time I met Emilio Estevez? No. Oh, yeah, baby. This is real. Um, I was a focus missionary. And do you guys remember the movie The Way about the Camino that yeah. he was in? So they they played those. They had like regional seat conferences or something like that. Long story. It, Nebraska was going to the one in Denver, but that like some of the Greek students had a conflict with that. And so we ended up, me and one of the gal missionaries took like 10 students to the one in St. Paul, Minnesota. We got caught going up there, started on a Friday. We got caught in this massive snowstorm. And so we ended up kind of getting stranded on a highway in Minnesota, stayed with a family that like took us in. Uh, yeah. How many were you? A dozen, I think. Um, wow. Yeah, it was, it was, and that's still, that's a like, man, God's providence. That story is crazy in and of itself. Um, but so we get there the next morning. So the conference has been going for like, you know, a day at this point. And they had screened the way the night before. And I went to, we dropped everybody off and I was driving one of the vans. So I went around and parked it and I'm walking in and there's this long line at Starbucks and I look over and I'm like, holy, that's Emilio Estevez. And (laughs) was the long line like waiting to talk to him? No, no, no. He was just in line at Starbucks. And I'm like, that's "That's Gordon Bombay. That's the Minnesota miracle man. Like that's who that is right there. And so I go like running over and I didn't care. Mighty Ducks is deep in my like mm-hmm. being and heart. And it was, I was just, I just owned like the fanboy moment. And I think I literally like shook his hand. I was like, Mr. Estevez, like <laughs> I am, honestly, I am a true fan. And he was awesome. He, I talked to him. That's so cool. we stood in line at Starbucks together for like, probably 10 minutes and just chatted, chatted away. I, it could be the greatest accomplishment of my life. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> if that's too strong or not. I don't have that anything you, else. That, that's a pretty good, uh, celebrity encounter story though, because you didn't, you didn't have like performance anxiety. You, you actually like had a conversation with them and you both manifested your fanness, but also were kept your cool so good good job dude thanks guys <laughs> thanks <laughs> yeah what it is super bad. cool yeah absolutely he's did also not you, did you tell me you were a missionary i don't remember i think so i think so because um, his family's catholic yeah hence the movie yep. right hence he was at the seat conference for the movie yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying hence Mighty Ducks. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was the next. No, his, uh, his dad, next Martin step. Sheen, took Sheen as his uh, screen name because of Fulton Sheen. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Wow, very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a successful 
celebrity encounter. Did, did I tell you all about the the time I met? Um, I I think I've, this is like the only celebrity I've ever met in person. But it was in LAX. Uh, we were flying out to Malaysia. And I had just been ordained a priest. And I met... Um, <laughs> He's he he does some stuff for SNL and um, he does a little like YouTube show called Portlandia. Oh, Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen. Oh man, <laughs> I love that guy. I love that guy too. Oh gosh, he's was he cool? He was really cool. I was not really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I it was a poor it was a poor fan interaction on my part. <laughs> It just happened too fast, and I was on the phone with one of my brothers in like a really deep conversation, <laughs> and it was just too much at once. I'm like, Kev, oh my gosh, it's that guy. Kev, shut up, shut up, shut up. And so I'm like holding the phone in one hand. <laughs> it was the worst. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, oh, you're that guy from Portlandia. You're the guy from that thing. And he's like, yeah, hey. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I just dressed in my collar. Oh, dude, that's like, awful. It was bad. I was like, I think you're like the funniest guy ever. And I couldn't even remember his name. Oh, no. And then I was like, okay, I got to get back to my phone call. See ya. Oh, no, dude. <laughs> that's one of the worst stories I've ever heard. <laughs> it was bad. It, but it happened so fast. And I was just so pumped to see him. Yeah. Like, he he really does just crack me up. Fred Armisen. Oh my goodness. That show is so funny. Yeah. So yours yours was yours was much better than mine, Rob. Well, you know what you the advantage you had, Rob, is that he was in line, so he had nowhere to go. You know, it wasn't like you, you yeah. saw him in an airport and you were you were the one stationary on the phone, like, hey Fred, can you hold on one sec? I need to talk to you. Uh as he's like <laughs> trying to get somewhere. Like, I need to finish my phone conversation and then tell you that I really like your stuff. <laughs> um. It was so bad, man. After I finished, I was like, Kev, I just blew that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bombing. Oh, man. Dang. Uh, Have you ever met any celebrities, think. Bisque? I'm trying to think. I uh, I was once in line for a hot dog at a football game behind evander holyfield but i didn't say anything to him because he he had two bodyguards next to him which evander holyfield i think was he heavyweight champion of the world at one point i know i think he was i when think I was a so kid. yeah let's say he was for purposes of the podcast wasn't that the tyson holyfield fight yeah they fought a couple times and the yeah. famous one with the ear bite oh. um he uh in fact, I think I watched that. That was such an event when Mike Tyson came back and fought again yeah. that yeah. I think like our whole family got together and did pay per view and watched it. Yeah, I it. remember. I remember watching that fight. I, yeah. I remember it. So I I recognized him right away. He's a very distinctive looking guy. Plus, he's a giant, and he had two bodyguards with him who were smaller than him and less scary, so, which I I thought was kind of funny. Um, your job is to fight, but I think that that's fighters probably are more in danger of somebody interacting with them confrontationally because Mm. especially at a football game and somebody's had some had some drinks they're like oh i want to fight evander holyfield like that must be you know fred armisen probably gets the hey dude i'm on the phone but real quick i need to i need to tell you what sketches on saturday night live i like of yours (laughs) versus like if you're if you're conor mcgregor 
and you see somebody at a bar that's hammered and like, oh, dude, it's Conor McGregor. Watch this. I'm going to clock him in the face. <laughs> I don't know. That's just my I'm speculating, but I would imagine that's an annoying part of being a famous fighter is people constantly trying to punch you in the face. Right. Yeah. To say they did it. I could see that. I get I could absolutely I wouldn't want to punch Evander Holyfield in the face. I feel like no. it would break my <laughs> wrist and then he'd just kind of look at me and then just you know, just walk away or something. Put it this way, he's been punched in the face way more times than I have. And uh <laughs> I think I think that he could handle it more than I could. Yeah. He's probably been punched in the face more than I've done a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Have y'all heard the Mike Tyson quote? I think I actually have brought it up on the podcast. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> yes, that's one of the great quotes. That is so good. <laughs> that is so true, man. It's really one of the great quotes of Western civilization, Western yeah. tradition. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. It's hard to believe he said that because it's so classic. Um, it's like, I, it's I took perfect. the road less traveled and that has made all the difference. You know, Mike Tyson's one line of poetry in his life. Yeah, but but his, it's not like that didn't come from deep philosophical thought that like he probably had a plan and then got punched in the face. It was like, you know what? Forget that. Plan. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> it's just total lived experience for Mike Tyson. All right. That was face did, tattoo time. Did I tell you <laughs> last last February, I started going to a boxing gym uh, to just for like a change of pace with workouts and stuff. And I, I'd driven by it. I was actually looking for a guitar store uh, on Google Maps. And it, there was one right next to this boxing gym in Pilsen. And I was like, huh, you know, big Rocky fan. I've always kind of wanted to learn how to box. And this looked like kind of a legit place, but also open to beginners. And Quick side note. Anyway, it's, just, it's perfect that it's in Pilsen just because of mm -hmm. uh, Father Smolonic stories. So anyway, continue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anywho, you know what I'm talking uh, about, Mike. Sorry, inside. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, why did I start talking about that? Uh, I started doing boxing. Dang, dude. Just go with it. Sorry, my fault. That's all right. Uh, you well, you I said that you always forget. wanted. You always Mike, wanted to box. Yeah, you said the Mike Tyson. So everybody. Has a plan to get punched in the face, Connor. I believe that you can find this train. Yeah, <laughs> you, somebody else say something. <laughs> I, I want to hear what was it like to be at the boxing gym. It was cool. It was only like a month or two that I I would go. It was like six in the morning in these boxing fitness classes. So they, um, it would just you know they'd turn on the bell for I think rounds are are they three minutes in boxing? So you just do like a round of jump rope. Uh, or like three rounds of jump rope and then um like take some kettlebells and walk up and down stairs and um do different or you know burpees and blah 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 They'd, the guy would just it would be like five or six of us in there in this little gym and there'd be a boxing coach that would get you all warmed up and then you'd either hit the heavy bag or and or um the mitts so that was that was one of the things i actually used it as a an analogy in a, a couple talks for evangelization like uh, how a newman center should not act because here's this thing i was like kind of interested in getting into but didn't really have any background in um but there i found a community that kind of intrigued me like hmm, maybe i could fit in here uh where i like i want what they have 
which is like this camaraderie of a boxing gym, but also the toughness of like, we get up at six in the morning and do this workout and while the rest of the world sleeps and like, that's, that's kind of cool. So I have the website up and I call the number just to get some info. Like, do I need to bring gloves? I don't want to be this idiot that like, you know, (laughs) shows up, shows up in a wetsuit. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you would just dress like how Rocky dressed. (laughs) Right. I'm assuming this is what everybody wears. (laughs) Uh, Already with like the bruises on my, on my face, like made up with, (laughs) with marker. (laughs) Uh, I just want to fit in. So I call and the, the lady on the phone, I'm asking questions and it was just totally terse and like, why, why are you asking these questions? You, you sound like you don't know what you're doing. We don't want you and blah, 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 you know, but she was ultimately, I'm like, so how much does it cost? And yada, yada, yada. She gave me the information I needed. So I showed up and, um, it's one of these things. It's like, it's not a storefront. It's not a separate building. It's like a, a thing within a building, like an office kind of park thing and uh it's dark still it was february at six in the morning and i show up and i'm like trying to find the door which is of course not where the sign is it's like somewhere around back where you have to go in and i could look in the glass it was locked i could look in the glass and i saw the sign for the gym but nobody there and i'm just standing there for like three four minutes and then another car pulls up and this guy gets out with his gym bag and i'm like do you know where the boxing gym is? He's like, yeah, it's right, right there. Did you try the code? Mm. And I'm like, uh, no, I, what code? You know, he's like, oh, it's this. And he like punches it into the little thing. The door opens, he walks in and, and then, um, I follow him in there and then <laughs> I go in and the dude that's like the coach for the day is just sitting at the desk, uh, looking at the iPad or computer or whatever, and everybody else is just standing around, not talking to each other, kind of like getting ready. And there's no <laughs> lockers or anything. And I'm, you know, I'm so I'm like in sweats and stuff because it's freezing out. And I'm like, okay, where do I put my crud? Uh-oh. Just like set it on the floor somewhere. And like, I don't know if this is the right place to put it. If this people are gonna be like, who put their backpack here? <clears throat> so just like every every motion is I'm self conscious because I don't know what I'm doing. Oh. Yeah, I'm and, cringing um, just hearing this. And no one's helping me. Uh, no one's being like, oh, you're new here? Oh, we're glad you're here. You know, like here, here's, you know, a couple of things to help you be comfortable uh, and join in this join in this fellowship. It's nothing like that. And I go up to the guy. I'm like, hey, I've never been here. Do I need to pay? He's like, yeah, it's 20 bucks or whatever for one, you know, the first session. Or I'm like, okay. And <laughs> then all of a sudden the bell rings and he just starts, he's just like, all right, jumping jacks. And everybody just starts doing jumping jacks. I'm like, okay, I'm doing jumping jacks now. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and then like halfway through, he's like, all right, so find a partner and get mitts, mitts and gloves. Oh. Uh, and I, the guy that, the guy that had taught me the code, uh, he's, I was like, can I be your partner? And I t- could tell no one wants to be my partner. <laughs> I don't know anything. I don't know how to do it. Uh, and there's no like, okay, this is how you start. You know, this is how you put your gloves on or, you know, here are a couple intro combos that you, it wasn't coaching. It was just like, this is people just doing their workout, you know? Um, so I got my gloves and he got his mitts and he was actually, this guy was nice. He, he taught me a couple things and how to do the combos and whatnot. And then I had to do the mitts where 
um like you're the coach you, you know you've seen it in the movies and whatnot like okay one two one or jab cross whatever um uppercuts and like i learned it by the end of it i'd gone maybe 12 times before coronavirus and uh by the end i was i was pretty confident that i could do a, a decent like three rounds with somebody where i was calling out the combos but if i didn't have the the confidence to just like plow through that awkwardness and join <laughs> join these people in what they were doing there were like 12 points of contact where i would could have just turned back and been like mm. <laughs> like i could have gotten in there talked to the guy at the desk felt his total indifference to my presence and been like um where's the bathroom and then just left <laughs> you know <laughs> uh so the analogy to the evangelization thing is just like you know you never know what's leading somebody c to come to you and just sort of like pop their head into a church or a newman center or whatever um and that first impression can make a, such a huge difference as to like whether they make this part of their life you know um by the end, there was one coach, this older guy who who was very cool. And like the the mornings that he was on, I tried to make sure that I was there because he uh, he would like tell me what I was doing wrong. Nobody else really would like teach me form and stuff like that. Um, plus, I think they also want you to pay for personal lessons if you're going to if hmm. you don't know what you're doing. I think the class is more just for getting swole in the morning. But I also had the idea that I'd, I would fight people, but that obviously didn't happen. <laughs> hey, there's still time. Don't let that dream die. Okay. That's true. I, I'm, I'm curious. Was there a sense of like whenever you'd spar with somebody? Because I felt this with uh, wrestling with my younger brothers that um, there's this sense of like closeness and intimacy that you get. Maybe intimacy is too much of a word, but um, like a camaraderie that you get with somebody that you actually fight with or that you wrestle with. Um, mm -hmm. It's like a combination of respect and you know them at like a different level. You, you kind of know them um, like their strength and their speed and their movements and all this stuff. Do you, do you have that sense when you box with somebody? You're like, well, oh, we're kind of like, we're kind of connected now. Like I, I kind of, I, I know you a little bit better after having fought with you. Uh, I don't know. I know we never sparred. I never boxed anybody. Oh, oh. I just hit the bag. <laughs> but I did. I do know that from wrestling. Um, my buddy PJ and I were roommates uh, in this big. Uh, do you remember the quad in the Newman Newman Center, Rob? You never lived there, did you? I never lived there. No. Um, the... There was a, a room on the fourth floor that I don't think was legally occupable. Occupable in in the sense of like not <laughs> having adequate exits. Um, I think it was initially meant as a storage room, but it was huge and you could fit four guys in there. And so actually me and Jamie were roommates and then this guy, PJ and Eric and me and PJ were in the room by far the most studying and stuff. And we would just, you know how you get when you're in college and you're studying and you're sick of it. Um, I would just start, we would just start hurling insults at each other. Uh, <laughs> while we stared at our computers or our books to, in order to like get ourselves all all amped to fight and then yeah. we would clear everything out of the middle part of the room which was huge and wrestle 
for like 20 <laughs> minutes and it was it was exhausting like you did yeah. not need a, to go to the gym that day uh but it was it was super fun and yeah afterwards you just feel like better friends because you, you fought. do i yeah. know yep gosh that's the best mm. you know what i'm talking about rob yeah absolutely you're talking to the guy who pile drived his his brother this is <laughs> yeah you did yeah. the uh i we uh, like within yeah just a couple weeks ago i got in a knockdown drag out wrestling match with my brother and we had to stop because his kids were crying because they didn't like <laughs> their dad being attacked <clears throat> by their priest uncle yeah exactly they didn't like their dad getting his booty whooped oh yeah. exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. Man. yep it's so true i don't know i don't know what that is um but I definitely have preached on it before, especially around like some of the Old Testament stuff with um, Israel wrestling with with the Lord and like gets his broken hip and how you do really come to know somebody in a in a deeper way when you uh, when you actually engage in some hand to hand combat, some physical fighting force. And hmm. I don't I don't know why that is, but you really I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just something like physical like just just very bodily coming to know them and feeling their movements and you know knowing how fast they are and how strong they are and exactly hmm. how to get them off balance here and there but it's also and then there's also like a real battle of wills that happen you're like oh my gosh i can feel this guy getting mad yeah. and trying to overpower me and i'm gonna overpower his overpowering and <laughs> yeah I know, it's, it, it's weird yeah. It's weird, but it's good. I think I think that stuff is very good. I think that's why sports exist, dude. So because it's like a lower stakes uh, war. You know, there's just something in us that needs to fight and win and compete. Um, so we'll just like do it with a ball, and the, this is the goal, and this is how we measure who won. But yeah, I think the most primal sports are boxing, wrestling. Maybe like running, racing, who can who can run faster. Um, mm -hmm. like things that just to measure strength against each other. I don't I've no idea what is going on there, but your thing about Israel wrestling with God is kind of interesting. Um because that does seem like the scriptural vision of what God is looking for is not just a bunch of wilting lilies that just Oh yeah, God, you're really great, and we're not going to ever abandon you because we're so scared. Like he, he kind of loves a willful, willful people that he um, can kind of spar with, and that like go through the school of hard knocks and leave and come back and and learn the lesson. So that like there's a there's a certain reading Narnia with this little book club of mine at the Newman Center and like the scene where Aslan tells Peter to go kill the wolf with his sword, you know, Aslan could have killed him himself, obviously much easier, but he, he gives Peter this job to do. Um, that's pretty mm -hmm. violent for a kid's book. Uh, you know, there's all this blood and hair and guts and stuff. And, um, weirdly there's something good about that. And even yesterday I was meditating on the, temptations in the desert and luke and that line i just sat with for a while the very first one that, um 
the spirit then the spirit led him into the desert to be tempted by the devil yeah seems so it seems so intentional that the purpose of what the spirit was leading him to do was to be tempted by the devil to like fight him you know uh so like there's a total comfort with conflict in god you know what i mean yeah and and i i love that idea because i think a lot of times at least growing up my idea was okay like i need to be like plato okay like the stuff that you play with not not like the philosopher oh yeah i I (laughs) I, I wasn't with you until you said that there you go this clarification play (laughs) go play dough yeah it's the stuff the stuff you eat not the guy who lived you know thousands of years ago uh and it was like yeah i just (laughs) nice i caught that (laughs) dude it's i it's a it's a win-lose with kids with play-doh because it's so fun to play with but it's clearly they just stick stuff in their mouths like they're gonna eat play-doh and it looks like candy (laughs) it looks it looks edible it looks yeah but it's not it's not um and it was just like okay i need to be so docile and uh, malleable that i am just fit into this tray and then the lord just kind of like clamps and forms me you know like the similar to the potter image although i think there's some more complexity to that but i I like what you're saying about no no it's actually a part of the growth and strengthening process is the is the combat itself um you know like you said like after you wrestle for 20 minutes you're exhausted like that's a full workout but a part of the growth and the strength and and like becoming more aware of yourself and um where you need to be and how you need to move and um, even the balance of your body and things that you can take and can't take. Like there's a lot of self-knowledge that grows as well, but it comes in the actual fight itself. And I I think the Lord, he kind of spurs us to that and and he invites us into that. Um, Not to try and overpower him, but because we know he's going to like, he is the Lord and he's going to win. And yet, and yet this, in the conflict there's actually a strengthening that that goes on that's very intentional that's different than like you're saying just being like a a passive receiver and not engaging in the relationship that the lord really wants most for us Um, but it's actually in in engaging in in the fight that kind of the kind of the pushing back there's like an exercising of the will that it also gets sharpened but um also our will comes to know the Lord's will. You're like, okay, this is something I don't want to mess with, you know, Mm. or this is something that I actually do want to relent to. So it's, it's just a different, it's a different way of being transformed by God as like just being a total receiver and receiving the transformation of God while also participating in it because that's, you know, that's what he calls us to. Uh, I think the wrestling and, and the boxing, it actually, it uses that pretty well. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm curious to, man, this is a, <clears throat> a little um, kind of different thread 
here from it. But just going back to um, even the initial experience of um, the the gym that you were at, Bisc, and but I, I read this article recently from Art of Manliness, which I, I we've talked about that guy before, and I really like his stuff. Um, I think this is an older article, but it's just about like the importance of men mentoring other men or boys. And I don't know, there was something cool to it because it's just, he made it like very practical in, I guess, the argument of why you should, this should always be, I think like an intentional part of, of your life as, as a, as a guy. And I don't know. I was just thinking there of, I, even that experience, man, of whatever whatever it is of like the the goodness of what you're talking about, Mets, or like what kept you going back in that situation is, is what's interesting, Connor. Mm-hmm. Of um, I don't know. There's just something. There's something to that of like what's what's the line if you were just going to say, hey, I want to be intentional in this with in my life of like I no matter what stage of life I'm in. I should always be like mentoring uh, a couple, a couple guys and also like seeking mentorship in, in my own life, which I don't know. I like the image there of like just an old coach at a boxing gym more so than like, I don't know, whatever, whatever else is out there. Like, a. Uh, there's just so much fluff around that. Um, sometimes is that, do you get, do you see what I'm getting at there? I can keep talking, but I don't have quite have it. If you guys see anything, you mean you, you prefer an old boxing coach to just say like a book about how to make your life. Yeah. Be or what's, what's good. There's something, I guess I noticed in myself, there's something appealing to like going and being like, totally not unwelcomed but like totally indifferent if you are there or not at this boxing gym (laughs) and there's something appealing to that which is weird it's similar to what i always used to say about and not not in the same way but that was always what was so good when i was able to go to um like our lady of the angels and not i mean they were incredibly welcoming and like spoiled us like crazy with the meals they would make and it was so much fun but it's also like if you were there on a Saturday, like, you know, they handed you a broom to like work and to actually do something when you were when you were there. I just think we can get so caught up in that of like, man, how do I make this person feel like um, yeah. totally welcome? And that I here's what it is, is like, how do I make this person like know that I'm not expecting anything of them? And it's like, no, I actually think people are hungry, like, for something to be expected of them. Hmm. That's a, that's a hot take, dude. I like that. Go run with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's very much like um, I'm thinking of my firefighting experience. Like, I went out there with uh, I, very little value I could add to a fire crew. You know, at age 21, I was in decent shape. That's about it. But I wasn't even in the right kind of shape because the first time we went hiking, just like up the little hill, like above our barracks in boots and with a pack on, I was like, this is hard. This is really 
hard. And these guys all grew up in the mountains at this altitude and they have like stronger ankles than me because of rocks and stuff. Like I am a suburban flatlander and I don't know what I got myself into. Um, and I just faked it. And there were some, like my boss, Ruben kind of saw me as a mentee. Uh, he gave me a belt buckle at the end of my first season, which very few people got this crew seven belt buckle and I still have it in my room on display. Um, like it was a very proud achievement for me to like, I, I went out there, I couldn't even drive a stick and all the vehicles were stick shift and there were like big, you know, F three fifties and with like dog boxes on the back and hard to back up and maneuver. And I, by the end of the summer I could drive them. Um, like little basic things of running a chainsaw, um, caring for a chainsaw, uh, just like the, you know, living out in the woods with, with 12 guys for a couple weeks at a time. Um, I mean, I had some experience outdoors, but it was just a totally different level and something was expected of me. You know, like if you're on this crew, you, it's only, the chain is only as strong as the weakest link. And I didn't want to be that weakest link. So it called something out of me. And that, that was why I went out there. Why I went to California was to, to have that experience and to feel that, um, that growth and the, like the purpose of being on a, and they always say about war is like, you're not dying for your country. You're dying for the guy next to you. You know, like that feeling of, of camaraderie of a common purpose of this is hard, but we're all in, the, we're, you know, this is sucking for you as much as it's sucking for me. And that's actually kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Why do I get up at six in the morning and go box with like seven guys I've never met and sweat and be like, this is, this sucks, you know? Uh, <laughs> Am I right? Am I yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, there were so many times I could have chosen totally. to stay in bed or not join this gym or turn away because the people weren't nice to me. Yeah, there's something there. I, I don't think we should. I don't think the Newman Center should adopt some of their practices, like having a code <laughs> that you that you have to know to even get in the building. No, I mean, Rob, it's a super good point, and there's definitely. Um, I think there's a balance that needs to that needs to exist. Um, but like my dad, he loves he loves this this type of stuff because even with the boxing deal um, or going out like firefighting and it's the same with the military and I mean, being on the football team and, you know, I, I hope I don't kind of color this in a way that it's, it's like a type of a hazing. That's like a, toxic um, masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Hey, are you tough enough to like get through all this? And, and that's, I don't think that's what it is, but uh, in a sense, like going to that boxing place and and going through that whole rigmarole in the morning if you're somebody that's going to be flustered by the indifference of everybody else or if you're going to be flustered by not knowing what you're doing and then you just pick up and leave then <laughs> this is what my dad would say. and this is this is like harsh and this is where i don't know if it'll this doesn't apply to the newman center but maybe you're not the type of person that would want to go boxing like maybe you're not the type of person that's meant to be here and so even all of that is a type of a vetting process for for like a culture of people that are existing together. You know, the firefighting crew, like they all had to go through that exact same thing. You're, you're not seeing it right now because they're months and years along. But so I don't know how to balance that with, um, you know, I think that's an interesting question with how, how can Newman centers um, or not just Newman centers, but like what does that look like in the Christian context? Because... Uh, 
being called to something more. I mean, I love the Our Lady of the Angels thing because you're right. They didn't come down there and just say, hey, thanks so much for being here. Like you just stand around and we're just happy that you're here. No way, man. <laughs> They're like, here's a broom. Uh, here's a grocery cart. Go start walking around and, you know, do something like get, 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 get going right here. They would make fun of me all the time for just standing around. I mean, I did kind of see it as my job. I would just talk to people, but, uh, I mean, they, they definitely, I'm a people would... person. I'm I talk a... to the customers so the engineers yeah. don't have to. <laughs> yeah, I'm a people person. I do vision. I do vision. I do vision. This is me. I'm going to, I'm going to be people. Here. We used to joke about that as kids. My brother, my older brother, when it was like chore time, my brother, okay, you do the dishes, you take out the trash and vacuum the house and I'll supervise. I was like <laughs> supervising. It's not a job. It's it is, and it's exhausting. And I would have to do it every time I would go down to the sisters. Gosh, I just stand there, survey the landscape, say hey to Father Bob, say hey to Sister, get yelled at for a little bit, uh, laugh it <laughs> off, act like it didn't apply to me, and then just keep going. Like that's perseverance, people. I had to persevere through a lot of sisters yelling at me. You know, but. <laughs> But I did it. So I did it. Well, I think there's something here. Unfortunately, I'm I'm short on time. Yeah. Mm. Maybe we'll come back to it. Yeah. Probably yeah. not. <laughs> well, we won't. <laughs> this all started because I couldn't think of what I was going to talk about after the Evander Holyfield thing. Something about hey. Mike Tyson and everyone hey, has and a plan st- until they get punched in the face. There's something there. Are you still thinking about that? No. But that's why that's how we started on this whole. Oh, you're um, right. The best way to evangelize is to not care about anybody and then just tell, give them like a broom. Yeah. And tell them to hurry up and earn your worth. And mm-hmm. if not, you can just get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, uh, that sounds like a good mission statement. <laughs> <laughs> hurry up and earn your worth. Otherwise, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And don't tell anybody about our secret code. Okay. Because we don't want any other. This is an exclusive club that we are. Yeah, we could take or leave you. Also, give me twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not saying that. But there, there is something to being called to. And it's the same thing in the Narnia book. The the first time they meet Aslan on the stone table, the top of the mountain thing. It's so moving to me how the lion already knows their names and already has a throne and a place for them, mm. even though they've never met him. But the first thing Aslan asks of them is to go help rescue Edmund and, and kill the wolf and all this stuff. Like they're given a job to do. It's not like, Oh, we got to the top of the mountain. Now we, you know, we met Jesus and now it's just like, he just loves us and we just chill. Um, there's something the the reason that me and PJ needed to wrestle instead of just sit there and memorize biochemistry facts is because there's something in us that needs to be needs to be activated yeah yeah it, 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 yeah but it takes and maybe like the point i was going with too of it takes a serious amount of wisdom like earned wisdom to be able to um like help someone experience that in an authentic way yeah they have to know you care about them exactly because it's not a hey you're earning your worth here there is an aspect of like no you have a place um but it's like teaching someone how to take responsibility 
for their life. Yeah. And like, that's a, I mean, to actually be able to mentor someone in that, that's an art, man. Well, first of all, you have to be there yourself. Right. Yeah. You have to have gone through it. Yeah. And I, I think everybody, I mean, with, with half a, half a sense of self-awareness realizes, uh, I need somebody else to help me to be myself, to, like to be most fully and who, I was, who I was created to be. Might I add, that person needs to believe I can do it. Hmm. The yeah. moments on the fire crew when I wanted to quit was like when we're you know, out in Montana and I have no way of getting home, so I can't quit anyway. Um, and I just felt like there were these days where my boss, Ruben, who, you know, like he had taught me so much and... I loved him, you know, for that. And I wanted to, there were just like parts of him that I wanted to be like, you know. And then there were days where he would just like talk to me in a way that was like, you idiot, you know, like I would screw something up and it wasn't like, here, let me show you. Um, it was more like, you know, the dismissal, like, oh, there he is screwing it up again, you know. And that, like when you get that from your hero or your father, rather than, um, you know, it's kind of like you should, you should be worried when I stop yelling at you kind of thing. Um, because then they, then they just don't believe in you. They don't care. It's like, okay, well you obviously don't belong here, but, um, when you are getting chided and goaded like by a coach, it's because they think you can do more, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you need somebody to show you and you need that person to, like believe that you can do it even though you are tempted to think you can't, you know? Very cool guys. I got a shower and yep. celebrate the mass. Believe in yourself. <laughs> That's what we got. All right. I later. Mean, believe in yourself and, and just try harder. Try it. Work. Barrett's- one of Barron's favorite uh, Simpsons lines was when Lisa is talking about Moby Dick and how it, it's representative of man's struggle against nature. And Homer goes, Lisa, everybody knows Moby Dick is about be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of Barron's favorite. Lines. Yeah, he just thinks it's so funny, like this totally banal. <laughs> it's about be yourself. It's about be yourself. Well, dude, that's so funny because that is probably funny to Baron on a level that I don't even understand. Right, because he's read Moby Dick. (laughs) 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 All right, guys, be yourselves. Talk to you later. See ya. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball.
dog. Spooky dogs. Good girl.